Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Refold Podcast. My name is Clayton, also known as George Pig, and I manage the community here at Refold. Today, we're joined by full-time engineering student and part-time language tutor, teacher Hannah. She teaches Tagalog part-time on websites such as Tagalog.com and italki. Okay, so teacher Hannah, can you see and hear me? Yes, I can. Good. Okay. So thank you for coming on. We've uh, been trying for a couple of weeks now <laughs> to actually schedule a time that worked for both of us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So do you want to introduce yourself? Who are you? Um, what do you do? What is your background with languages? Yeah, sure. So my name is Hannah Castro and also known as Teacher Hannah on Tagalog.com and iTalki. I am born and raised in the Philippines. I am an engineering student, and in my free time, I help people learn my native language, Filipino. And I've had over 1,000 classes and have helped hundreds of students get started in learning the language or improving their Tagalog. So throughout my career, I've already met, I've probably met all types of students, you know, like, just like you, you're married to a Filipino, so I think that's my number one type of students, and I've also had students who are 100% Filipino, but they have moved abroad, or their parents did, so they didn't really get the chance to learn the language, and they want to reconnect to the culture. So yeah, every or all kinds of students I've probably met with. And, and uh, regarding my background oh, right. with languages. So, so one uh, sec here. Uh -huh. I think your internet cut out in the middle of that. Oh. Yeah, it oh. got really slow. Really? That's unusual. Okay. Do you want me to? Yeah, let's let's try again. And actually, if we need to, we can actually turn off the video, and we can just you can send me like a, a headshot, and we can put it in later, in like post production. Okay. So, um, okay. okay. So, one, two, three. All right. And teacher Hannah, thank you for coming on. Um, it has been a couple of weeks of trying to meet you. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm glad that we were able to find a time that worked for both of us. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Um, to introduce myself, my name is Hannah Castro, also known as Teacher Hannah on Tagalog.com and italki. I'm born and raised in the Philippines. I'm an engineering student and in my free time, I help people learn my native language, Filipino. I've had over 1,000 classes and had helped hundreds of students get started in learning or improving their Tagalog. Throughout my career, I've probably met with all types of students, uh, just like you. Uh, I have students who are married to Filipinos or kids who are 100% or half Filipino but never got the chance to learn the language and now they want to reconnect. So everything in it, I probably had a student just like them. And regarding my background with languages, 
As I've said, I'm still in college, and people assume that I'm studying something related to linguistics, but I'm actually in engineering. As a kid, I've always liked English and English literature. I grew up in a place where I was exposed to English speakers, so I had this chance to uh, be with lots of native English speakers. And people from all over the world are coming in and out, so my first job was kind of like a translator for them during the summer, during my summer vacation. So I'm also pretty fluent in English, so sometimes they would ask me to teach phrases to them in Tagalog. And when the pandemic started, I needed to have like an extra income, so I thought it would be a good idea to teach English since I'm very interested in it. I discovered that I have this gift for teaching, and then I found about Tagalog.com, which is a platform where you can learn Tagalog, of course, so you can um, have a dictionary or flashcards or any resources to help you with it. So I didn't hesitate to apply as a teacher because I thought that it would be amazing to teach people Tagalog. And since then, I research all Filipino grammar that I can find that they don't teach at school. I also read a bunch of grammar books and articles to help me to actually know what I'm talking about. And yeah, I think the rest is history. And now I have three years of experience in teaching. All right, interesting. So um, you became a teacher uh, because of the pandemic. Yes. And have you ever taught English in addition to, to Filipino? You mentioned that you looked yeah. at teaching English and then you ended up becoming a, a Tagalog teacher. Mm, yeah, I actually started as an English teacher for kids and adults. And then when I found out about Tagalog.com, uh, I think it's very interesting. So, yeah, I did a uh, It's always surprising to Filipinos that there are people who uh, do want to learn Tagalog, and some of, <clears throat> some of them take it very seriously, you know, some of the learners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, so, I'm actually surprised. Oh. oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was surprised that there are people who are actually interested in learning Filipino because it's usually Spanish or Japanese or Chinese. Uh, but then I just met these people who are very serious about learning. So that just motivated me more. And what is it like being a teacher on italki and tagalog.com? Oh, it's really great. I'm really grateful for living in the age where you can just teach people in your free time using your own style. So it's really great and fun to meet people who are interested in learning your language and to build bonds over time. So number one, it's flexible. So I can just set up my own schedule. So even if I have classes, I can just plot my schedule and teach two, three, or even five classes a day. And then during the weekends, I can do like full time. Um, it's also global, so I can reach or I have students from all over the world from some countries that I've never even heard before. So it's really fun. And when teaching 
when teaching Filipino, what is it like? So I imagine that when you used to teach English for a bit, um, people tend to have like this base level of English that is okay. Like they might not be great, but there are very few like true beginners, right? Everybody pretty much internationally learns like, hello, my name is Bob and how do you do? How was that going from English to to Filipino where like a true beginner is much more likely? Mm -hmm. Oh, oh yeah, that's a good question. So when I started out as a teacher uh, in Tagalog, it was quite hard for me to find resources because there are not much people who teach Tagalog or who try to learn Tagalog. So the resources are pretty limited. So I tried making my own resources for teaching, uh, but I base it on English or from my, from my English resources, from my English lessons. So I started with that and I just built up from that. Gotcha. But how about the students themselves, right? So, you know, I imagine that, uh, again with students they tend to have some level of english even if it's not the best whereas mm -hmm. with Tagalog learners you probably have a lot more students who like don't know how to say anything mm -hmm. yeah of course so most of my students actually start are my students are either zero level beginners or what we call this heritage learners where they just you know like grew up listening to the language so they understand that so i like to you know like really start from the basics uh just like what i said i base it on like english so i start with the greetings or i start with teaching them the most basic sentence the kind of pattern okay and <clears throat> here at refold we don't so much do traditional classes usually so mm -hmm. our like recommended method for like using a tagalog.com tutor or an italki tutor would be to use them as like a conversation partner or to mm -hmm. have cross talk yes. um so how many how often do you give sort of like um instruction in tagalog you know just have conversation with people and give feedback versus like you know teaching Mm, okay, so um, when I first meet my students, I always ask them or I always try to set their expectation first. I always ask them, okay, what is your goal in hiring a tutor like me? So do you want me to explain grammar from the roots? You know, like, do you want to really learn Tagalog or the structure of Tagalog? Or do you just want to have a language partner? So if they answer that, they want to learn Tagalog from the beginning or from the structure itself and then just build conversation practice, then that's, uh, that is what I will do. So I'm going to teach them grammar first. And then if they simply want a conversation partner, I have like tons of activities set up for them so that we can just talk about or simply free talk. I would just ask them about how their, how their day went or something like that. And have you ever done what we call crosstalk? So that would be where, like, somebody speaks English to you, and then you would speak Filipino back to them. 
Yes, I do. Right. Interesting. So, oh. yeah, What when it comes to, like, teaching, um, what do you, like, what do you see in people who succeed in your successful students? So you said you've had over a thousand classes. So I'm sure you've seen some people grow from little, little bitty baby beginners to quite yeah. strong speakers. What are some traits that you see in people who succeed? I would say number one would be discipline, of course. I think that's pretty much given, but um, I think that it's very important to have discipline, not just motivation. And it's not the ones who are very motivated because at the beginning of or during my first lesson, I always ask them, okay, how motivated are you learning Tagalog? Then they would say, I'm very, very motivated right now. And then like a week later, they would just stop versus people who would say, uh, like, I really want to learn Tagalog. And then, yeah, the next week and then, you know, like the next month, I can see their progress. So it's very important to have discipline, not just that urge. And of course, people who are willing to force themselves to speak the language, although they are not good yet. So people would be, you know, like there are people who actually know how to speak the words or they would spend like five hours a day or like multiple hours a week studying Tagalog, but they're too afraid to force themselves to talk to people using the language. So I think it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. If you want to learn a language, you should force yourself to speak it, not just memorize all the words because it's not really gonna stuck uh, to you over time. And lastly, I think uh, the traits that I do see in my students who succeed are the students who are open to criticism and correction. Because of course, like, let's face it, there are students who are quite arrogant you know like oh i've already i already know like 12 languages so Tagalog is very easy or it's not a big deal for me but then like they would have a hard time so you should be able to open always open to criticism and correction so uh, i want students to like repeat what i just corrected not just you know like uh like go inside the right ear and then go outside the left ear or what to say in Tagalog. Yeah, I think that's all. Or, yeah, let's summarize. So you mentioned mm -hmm. arrogant students. Um, you know, I feel like this is probably more common in a language like Tagalog than in other languages. Um, because, you know, Filipinos tend to be very uh, supportive. Oh, yeah. And it can sort of make the learner feel like they're good, even when mm -hmm. they're not. Yes, I think that's one of the factors because Filipino, you know, Filipinos are very like friendly people. So they or we like to know that like you're not afraid. Like we have tons of phrases for that. We have tons of words for that. Uh, you know, like kind words. So yeah, I think it's true. Just what you just said. Yeah, it's sort of they get they get their ego stroked. Mm -hmm. Um. And I think that can, that can lead to them being overly confident, even when they don't speak perfectly yeah. or they make mistakes. Exactly. 
Now, you are like an actual native Tagalog speaker, right? Like yes, you grew up in the Tagalog area. Um, and, oh. <laughs> and a lot of Filipinos aren't, right? So as we know, only about 30% of Filipinos speak Tagalog as their first language. A lot of people speak Isaya <clears throat> or they speak Ilocano mm -hmm. or, um, you know, Kapapangan or any other language, mm -hmm. right? So you're like an actual sort of like, you grew up in a Tagalog area and you grew up in Rizal, I think. Um, yes. Do do Rizal people sort of have like a, a dialect of Tagalog? Like, you know, you can sort of, sort of tell somebody's like, oh, somebody's from Bulacan, somebody's from, mm -hmm. um, somebody's from Laguna, so on and so forth. So I don't think I've actually met anybody from Rizal before. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, you know, we have eight major languages, but we have more than 172, I think, dialects in the Philippines. And Rizal is like a province with uh, like 10 municipalities, and then each municipality has a different dialect. I am from Taytay Rizal, and we have a different dialect, but I would only, it would only come out when I'm speaking to my friends or from my hometown but when i go to my college which is in metro manila which is like an hour away from here not that far like i can just speak in like regular metro manila accent so yeah we do we do have dialect interesting so yeah i'm, I'm wondering um what can you tell us about the thai thai variety of tagalog mm, okay we do have different phrases such as um okay, should i really explain this or should i give some examples yeah go ahead and give some examples oh hello okay okay uh for starters we have bang so uh you're familiar with tagalog right so you know ang is an intensifier in tagalog like it said Ang inet, that means it's so hot, or ang laki, like it's so big. But here in Tai Tai, we would say something like bang. And that means also ang, uh, it's just to intensify your words. So if you say bang inet or bang laki, uh, that means it's so hot, or it's so big, or something like that. We also have um, anah, anah. Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of that before, but that's like the tag question, like, right? So if, uh, here in Tai Tai, you can say something like, uh, That means, yeah, it's like ano, but here we say ana. Um, what else? We also, uh, I think this is not just for Tai Tai, but for Rizal in general, we say urong when we say or when we want to say that we are washing the dishes which they don't do in metro manila so i think that some of the words that we have or dialects that we have in tai tai that others don't interesting so i did not know about the the bang uh prefix yes. for making like um uh -huh. the the sort of like the superlative form of of adjectives was a thing um but again, I've not met anybody from 
uh, you saw a lot from Tai Tai before. So it's interesting. I, I was kind of expecting it to not be uh, as as interesting as I found it. <laughs> because, you know, as you mentioned, right, Tai Tai's only an hour away from Manila. So I was thinking, okay, it's probably like got a little bit of, you know, a little bit of difference, but it's similar. But that's not the case. It seems like pretty different. I've never yeah. heard Ang uh, or Ana. So interesting. Um, <laughs> uh, do 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 most of your students? I guess they just learn like the Metro Manila Filipino. Yes, like they would like the general Filipino. So, you mentioned this earlier. You mentioned that you speak. You, you teach two types of people: either people who like they they married into the Philippines or something, their girlfriend, their their husband. Um, and you also mentioned heritage speakers. So what are the two, what are the, some of the differences between interacting and helping teach heritage speakers versus like adult, like brand new learners? Oh, that's a good question, actually, because, yeah, when I was just starting out, it was hard for me because if you're a zero level beginner, like I would know where to start, right? Like I teach readings or basic sentences. But if you're a heritage learner, you're gonna get bored with all of that talk because you already know that stuff. So I found out that I would do like a diagnostic test first when we when we have our first lesson, and then I would know where to start. So like, I have this, you know, like technique in teaching Tagalog where um, I always incorporate or try to build up the foundation of these students by teaching them like what I call the three fundamental lessons in Tagalog, the markers, the verbs, and the pronouns. So if you're a heritage learner and you're like, you have a weak spot with any of those three, uh, I'm going to start with that. And then the next lessons would be just about, you know, like, uh, as I said earlier, like exercises to improve speech. Like I could do exercises like what's in the box, you know, like just answer some free talk questions and yeah, something like that. Yeah, but I have like uh, other different types of students other than them. So with with heritage speakers, um, what do you notice about their Tagalog whenever they they try to use it? What are some things that you've noticed? Because actually, I've been around the block. Um, you know, uh, I've I've been interacting with Filipino as a language for seven years off and on, uh -huh. and I've met a lot of brand new learners, and I've met a lot of heritage speakers, um, and I have my own thoughts on some of the the things that heritage speakers do. But I'm curious as to what your thoughts are. How do you feel like about their, because the two groups of students make different mm -hmm. mistakes. Yeah, exactly. They, they, they do things differently. They're not the same at all, really. They're both learners, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, with heritage speakers, I've noticed uh, they sometimes use Taglish really weird. Yeah. Like they may use words that are not commonly taglished or um, another thing that I've noticed with like Phil Ann's is yeah. if they don't know a word in Filipino, they'll try and throw in a Spanish word because we Americans tend to have pretty okay <laughs> Spanish. Yeah. 
and usually like Filipinos are like they're in California or something. So they have a lot of Spanish. So I've noticed that like a lot of Phil Ams will throw in a Spanish word thinking that it'll be understood and it's not understood. Um, mm. But what have you noticed? What are some differences in the uh, abilities and the mistakes that each group makes? Yeah. So I would say that like, if you're a non-heritage learner, it's easier to correct your mistakes because it's like you're starting from scratch. But if you're a heritage learner and you make this mistake, but that mistake has been in your head for a long time, uh, just like what you said, yeah, I've heard that. Like they would attach these random uh, Spanish phrases because I would know like probably 80% of my students learn Spanish in high school. So it's very understandable. So um, what you just said, you know, like they would use Spanish in a weird way. We have a term for that, which is conyo. So, you know, Taglish is Tagalog and English. And then Konyo is a similar term, but I'm going to tell you the difference. Taglish is using English when the word in Tagalog is either formal, so it doesn't sound good to us, or there's no actual translation, like for appliances or newly invented gadgets. Whereas Konyo is just, you know, it's like you're not, you're both not good in English and Tagalog, I mean, like you are making grammatical errors in both languages and then just incorporating these random Spanish terms. That's what Kony is. So I always tell my students, so please don't be a Konyo. Please do this or please do this. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think it's just a funny mistake and it's very uh, workable. So when it comes to... <clears throat> Tagalog. What are some of the um, what are some of the issues that 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 learners have? Let, let's hear it from a teacher, because I I tend to drone on and on about Tagalog. You know, this is like our mm -hmm. I don't know fiftieth or sixtieth episode of the podcast. Um, uh -huh. But what, in your opinion, are some of the struggles that people have as learners? Mm -hmm. So it could be uh -huh. like um, vocabulary. It could be grammar. I imagine grammar. I'm guessing, mm. but I'm not. I'm because I've I've seen foreigners speak Tagalog, yeah. and um, they always kind of sound like Chinese people. You mm. know what I mean? Like a Chinese person speaking Tagalog, yeah. like you know, um, you know, things like that. It, it, <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah. So, what are some of the things that you've noticed? Mm, yeah, uh, I would say some of the most common mistakes, number one would be the grammar, because even though Tagalog, uh, lots of my students say that Tagalog grammar is pretty functional, actually, but it's still that um, there are so many exceptions. So you would not learn unless you have, I mean, like, not, you're not going to be like super fluent or bilingual if you aim for that unless you have lived here or you have spent some time here in the philippines so yeah that's one of the most common mistake grammar because there are so many exceptions and then vocabulary because it is yeah it's quite different from english and then uh, we also have sentence pattern because you know 
Tagalog and English. It's just, it's super different. I think it's easier for non-English speakers, like people from uh, other countries to learn Tagalog than English speakers because it's just so different. You know, English uses subject, verb, object format, but Tagalog uses verb, subject, object format. So, yeah, so those are some of the co most common mistakes in terms of learning. But other than that, I would just say something um, low motivation. No, I think that's all. Yeah, I, I've i seen, um, I think people from like Japan and Korea tend to do pretty okay when they put their minds to it. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they tend to have like a similar um, way of yeah, building probably. words where mm -hmm. they have like a, a, they have like a, a single root and then they build up with a lot of like, you know, suffixes or so. I, I, yeah, for sure. I, I think that English speakers and Chinese speakers, <clears throat> we we tend to speak like caveman Tagalog. It's not very pleasant. Yeah, better. <laughs> um, and I've noticed some Konyo people also kind of speak caveman Tagalog. I'm not a fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, they say things like, and I'm like, that's just not, doesn't sound good to me. Um, but, okay. So, this is a fun question. Um, what are some funny teaching stories that you might have? Uh, you know, you, uh -huh. you've taught for three years, so surely something has happened that's stuck in your brain, and you're like, this is a funny story. <laughs> well, I have a few here. Uh, I think the one that stuck with me the most is when, like, when I was just starting out and this happened, but I made a child cry because I taught Tagalog forever. So like I was teaching him like, I didn't have like a separate material for kids then. Like I would just teach them just like the, like what the adults would do because like, I had no idea like that you should have like, a different material. Like it should be a different approach because it's gonna be like more difficult for them. I thought that my lessons were like for general because I thought- No, this is where your experience with like mm -hmm. teaching english would have come in handy it's like with yeah. the kids you have to you know like you mm -hmm. have to use like um you have to give them like stickers and mm -hmm. uh things like that you have to give them little rewards and you have to make things into games mm -hmm. and like you can teach them by like singing <clears throat> so i i taught english um for five years before uh -huh. moving on to to refold as a company and you know um one of the first companies that i worked for um Akitsok, hires a lot of filipinos oh, uh -huh. so you know there's a lot of these uh, companies out there that that hire filipinos um and i was the same way when i first started teaching i talked to kids mm -hmm. like i was like they were adults and uh i was not very fun but five years later, I mm -hmm. learned, uh, you know, I bought a software that like, let me put like a virtual camera. So like, I could like, put stars on my camera and mm -hmm. all sorts of things. And they like that. So you try to teach a kid like, like an adult, and they cried. Right. Yeah, but 
Yeah, I did that, but like for my English company, like they had all the resources for that. And uh, again, like when I was doing my materials in Tagalog, like I always put these colorful colors and, you know, like it's just in the most understandable way that I think. So when I taught it to the kid, I was I was thinking that I think this is okay for a kid as well. Like this is okay for adults as well. Like I didn't have any separate materials back then. But I was speaking in like a very soft manner and like I never I was never like a harsh a harsh teacher or anything. But I think the kid was just like too you know like uptight. So yeah, like this camera was off and then he was silent for a while and then I was like, oh, what's happening? And then I was, I heard him sobbing, like, this is so hard, I'm so sorry. I was like, I was like, oh, it's okay, please don't cry. It's okay, you're doing so great. And, and was, this, yeah. was this child, was were they learning um, because they're a heritage speaker or were they like, just like a rich kid yeah, yeah. or what was... Uh, like he is a Filipino, like he's like 10 at the time. And yeah, parents are both Filipino, but never taught him Tagalog and he lives in the States. Yeah, that's really common. You see that a lot with, you see the, mm -hmm. the, they call them Ingleseros. Um, yeah. Where like um, the, the, the sort of, I don't want to say rich, because I've actually met like old money Filipinos. They speak quite good oh. Tagalog. It's sort of like a, a middle class thing, you know, um, <laughs> like doctors and lawyers, not people who like own a whole bunch of land or something. It's mm -hmm. it's definitely like a, a new money type thing. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's really, uh, really bizarre situation, you know, that in your own country, you can't speak the national language. Uh, <laughs> but I try not try not to be too critical. Right. It's not his fault that he was. He probably went to an English-speaking school, and his parents didn't speak mm -hmm. at home. So we can't blame the kid. But we can blame the parents. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. A any other yeah. fun stories with teaching? Mm, okay. When they can't pronounce the word, <laughs> don't tell my students. But I'm laughing internally every time I ask them to say that word. You have a good pronunciation. Can you try saying that? Uh, Shivering. Yeah, this is perfect. <laughs> that yeah. means shivering in Tagalog. And, you know, like if you're an English speaker, I think you would know that at the beginning, NG it's the nga, nga sound at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. it's tough. Yeah. 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 So it's very hard. Yeah. Like, I would hear them say, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, I never yeah. laugh, but. Um, like, I, uh, I think it's funny. Yeah, there are some things that are funny. I um, <laughs> I had a friend who was Mexican American, mm -hmm. um, and so Mexican Americans, not all of them. I would say even most of them don't do this, but there are some parts of America that actually used to be part of Mexico, like Texas, mm -hmm. New Mexico. Um. And sometimes these Mexican-Americans, even though they've lived in America for hundreds of years, they have their own sort of accent. We call it Chicano. Um, and even if they don't speak Spanish, it kind of sounds like a Spanish accent in English. 
Um, and my friend from Texas, he was Chicano, and he had a Chicano accent in English. Um, and he was sort of like a heritage Spanish speaker, like he, he knew a few words, but it was not his language. He was definitely English. And he cannot say you. You know, like yeah. I-W. You. Oh. Like, 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 or mm -hmm. Baloo, yeah. he would say, like, Baloo. And you know, Baloo oh. is like the bear from Jungle Book, right? <laughs> and, um, I used to, it used to tickle me pink because we would mm -hmm. be out somewhere and he would say, ah, Baloo. And I'm thinking, <laughs> it just, I had this image of him calling him that, like, bear from the, from like the Disney movie. Um, and yeah. But, silly story but i i definitely think sometimes the foreign accented the gallo can sound can sound kind of funny yeah the ng sounds there are a bunch of words that you have so i always like do that at the beginning of you know like the lesson when i first meet them because that's like one sound in tagalog that i really want them to practice right at the beginning because uh yeah it's just like we don't have that in the English sound, like when you put ng in the middle or at the beginning. So, yeah, I know it's really hard. Right. Yeah, like uh, nanga, minti, things like mm -hmm. that. Mama, yeah. Um, yeah, also our vowels are very different in English, you know. Yes. Um, so, you know, it's sort of like everything is a diphthong. Um, you know, like if some, you know, if, if it, uh, an American is, is going to say like um, adobo, right? And they say it with like an American accent. I see Filipinos mock our accents. They'll spell A D A B O W, adobo with a W. Um, or like sometimes that O sound, like in manok. A lot of Americans, they hear it as an A sound. Yeah, so you, like you get like manak. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, exactly. Travis Craft, Doba Manak. Um, <laughs> and it's very interesting. Also, like Filipinos have different accents, right? When they speak Filipino. Mm -hmm. um, so like to me, like a Pasaya accent is not having e and o. So, you know, struggling with those vowels because those aren't really sounds yes. for them. Um, and like uh, people from the far south of, of mm -hmm. the Tagalog area, like people from Matangas, they tend to have a lot of diphthongs too. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, <laughs> now, with the heritage speakers, how many of them are actually heritage speakers of the Gala, right? Because I'm imagining a lot of them, their their parents' language is not Tagalog. So how, how many of them are like, yeah, my parents are actually Tagalog speakers? Oh, really? Oh, do you have to be a Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm asking. I'm asking a question like, oh, I'm with, so sorry. With, <laughs> with the heritage speakers, um, uh, how many, uh, believe it or not, I've, I've had that mm -hmm. question before. Um, I've got a lot of people who assume I'm like one-fourth Filipino. Mm. Um, but 
<laughs> with with the with the heritage speakers you teach, how many of them are heritage speakers of Tagalog as in instead of like another language? Mm, yeah, not much. Like I would say probably like more or less than less than a quarter, probably. Yeah, not a lot of them. Or like really heritage. Some of them are Ilocano or yeah, Bisaya, but they would just try to learn Tagalog. And I think it's still easier for them than people who are zero level beginners because other languages in the Philippines are quite similar in pattern to Tagalog. Right. Yeah, you still have the advantage of like speaking a closely related language. Yes. Okay. Interesting. So looking here, give me one sec. Okay. So we've we've ranted a lot about Tagalog. Um, but with focusing on your teaching, let's take a step back. What are some uh, top tips that you don't see people talking about? when it comes to like learning a language? Mm, okay, so number one, yeah, I don't really see this anywhere, but please do not rely your entire language learning on your tutor. Okay, so people think that if they met or if they meet with a tutor like once or twice a week, like let's say this person lives like not in the Philippines, like for 50 minutes uh, for each lesson, they expect to just magically be able to speak the language, right? Uh, of course, sure. Like hiring a tutor would help you a lot, learn grammar rules and have a speaking partner, but you still must have time to work on your flashcards, worksheets, watch content, uh, of course, in the target language. So it's important to memorize or study by yourself, like at least give it some time because uh, you should study by yourself and then just um, you can practice it with the tutor. So if you've learned some new words, you can try using it in sentences and then ask your tutor if that is correct or not. Second tip that I don't see others talking about is to read early. Like they would say, you know, like just listen or watch movies or something like that. But I think it's very important that you read early, even if you don't understand anything in the language yet. Like day one, as early as day one, I think you should read in the language. So reading helps you a lot to get used to syntax. So how the words or how we put the words into sentences. And if you're a beginner and don't know what to read, uh, this is specific to Tagalog, but you should avoid reading stuff with the article I if you don't want to sound formal. And try, or this is my last tip. Uh, I think, yeah, this is a common one, but this is not something that I would say others don't talk about. I just like to remind or try to emphasize that watching content is or would be much more helpful if you paid attention to it. So you should try to find content that is interesting to you. You should think of yourself as a baby who's just trying to pick up some words 
because how do we even learn our first language? We just listen, right? We just listen from adults uh, speaking around us. So same thing with us. You live or we live at an age where everything is available. So it's like very lucky for us to have these kind of resources. So we must take advantage of it. I think that's all. All right. Very interesting. Um, and I definitely agree on a couple of those points or with a couple of those points. Um, so in my five years teaching English, I occasionally had the very wealthy person. Um, I had a retired, uh, I don't know, like engineer from Germany, and he did not do any study, but he did book me an hour every day, seven days a week as his tutor. So um, uh, I ended up firing him as a student. <laughs> um, I ended up firing him as a student because uh, uh, he was a bit of a pain in the butt to work with. But in the, I don't know, nine months that I had him as a student, he did an hour every day, very dedicated. But I've noticed this with like some of the wealthier uh clients or, or or students is you know they're they're used to like okay i want jollibee i can buy jollibee oh i want a car i can just buy a car you can't buy a language and i've noticed that some of my wealthier right. students they'll book an hour every single day and they think they're doing the same thing they think they're buying english they think they're buying their target mm -hmm. language but exactly it, it requires more than just talking to your tutor you know you actually yeah. have to read you have to put in the effort um and uh some some people don't do that i would totally agree don't rely on a tutor yeah of course yeah it's very helpful you know like when i was just starting and i would teach kids and i would be scared if what if their mom blames me if they don't learn in like two weeks you know and then i thought why should I blame myself for it? <laughs> like, they're the one who are learning, and yeah, they should be able to be grateful for the opportunity to have a language partner or someone who would correct their mistakes. So, yeah, again, don't rely or don't blame your teacher if you can't learn the language or speak the language instantly sure and definitely it's never fun dealing with parents <laughs> so uh teacher hannah um i noticed a while back actually that you started like a TikTok for for like you know teaching and you've not done a whole bunch with it um you made like a oh, video right. or two but uh do you have any plans to get into like you know, teaching content for Filipino? Because um, there are some influencers out there. There's like Teacher of mm -hmm. Manila, she's really popular. There are a couple of like um, these, you know, teaching influencers. Oh. Yeah, actually, <laughs> it's just that I've been busy recently because of my summer class and stuff. And I think it's interesting if I would continue that. So at first I was just experimenting, but now 
I think I will try to upload more about that. Thanks for yeah. noticing. Oh, not a problem. Um, I think, yeah, being a, a content creator is quite difficult, actually. You know, it's glamorized, but yeah, um, yeah I think it's difficult. So with, uh, with all of this discussion, uh, one more, one more sage advice. So for, for people who are conversational and they're coming to you and they're like, I want to just have a conversation. What would your advice be to those prospective students? The ones who can have a conversation with you in the target language, how do they get the most out of it? Okay. So I, or my tip would be to take advantage of, a, of any opportunity to speak to a local or native. You can go to parties, you can go to get-togethers. Of course, Filipinos have lots of them. So if you live uh, places such as, you know, like California or, yeah, states in general, I think if you, like, look hard enough, you will try or you will get parties and get-togethers and it would really help you a lot um if you can spend some time in the country like even a month or you know even just a few weeks but then get the most out of it try to go out and speak with the locals uh even if you're already good i'm sure you will learn new words and yep and my last step is to not stop learning new words because i have students who are already like intermediate advanced or you know and they would just stop learning new words so i think it's sad because because you know like they would just stop and now their tagalog would just you know like degrade from that so you can have a list of a bunch of new words and challenge yourself by going through them and using them in your next conversation or even with me as a teacher so I would just use this student of mine. He has been my student for the last three years. He's already good in Tagalog, but he has lessons with me for every day for like two years. And I would just, you know, like type in the chat, like all of the new words that we're going to study. And then the next day or the next week, uh, I'm just going to challenge him to use it in a sentence like over and over. So that's how motivated he is. So yeah, I think that if you're really interested in the language, um, it's better that you give it a lot of time now and you will you know, just get the results after some time than just you know, being very motivated now and then because you're very motivated, now you're overwhelmed and then you stop. Yep, I think that's it. Yeah, I totally agree. You gotta deal with motivation, and it's more about discipline, right? Yes. So, um, Teacher Hen, before we go, we've, we've got a couple more minutes here. Is there anything that I didn't bring up that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I think we pretty much covered anything or everything. Do you have any more questions for me? Uh, you know, I I do have some questions, um, okay. but they're not. I don't think they're 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 like necessarily talking points. 
uh, you know, I, I think I could go on and on about, uh, I want to learn more about Tai Tai and, you know, the, the dialect of Tagalog there, but uh, I don't want to occupy the, the the rest of the podcast with that. So in, in, in terms of talking points, I think I'm pretty good. So in that case, if I think we're, we're all talked out, um, before we go, what is your sage advice? What is your sage advice? The one piece of information, if you want somebody who's listening to take one piece of advice from you, what would it be? Mm, okay. Mm, my piece of advice would be to study every day. <laughs> I know it sounds cliche, but it's really helpful okay so never skip or never allow yourself to skip twice in a row so if you're trying with any habit you know um i'm not the first person to say this but if you're very interested in learning a language try not to lose your momentum so it's just all gonna go to waste if you you like lost everything that you've done if you lost your momentum so try to study even five minutes or 10 minutes a day. That would be really helpful. So that's what I always tell my students. And I would agree. Uh, consistency over intensity. Mm -hmm. It's better to yeah. do an hour a day for three years than do eight hours a day for you know a month or two and burn out. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. And teacher Hannah, thank you so much for coming on. I know it's the thank middle of the so night much. for you. Uh, did yeah. great. And I look forward to having you back on, maybe next time in Filipino. Yes, thank you so much. I'm excited about that. Right. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Refold Podcast. If you're watching the live premiere, you're in luck. Right as it ends, we have an after party over on the Refold Central Discord server. Come join us by using refold.link forward slash join and chat about the episode. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like to hear more, you can find older episodes to listen to on YouTube and Spotify. Let us know what you thought about the video by liking and leaving a comment below. Do you have suggestions for upcoming visitors or requests for particular topics? Please feel free to reach out to me on Discord at georgepig hashtag 5413 or via email at clayton at refold.la. Thank you all for watching and or listening, and I'll see you next week.